Today we talk to Debbie. Debbie works for a fintech called Biz2Credit, but she has also worked for Goldman for several years. So stay tuned, it's going to be very interesting. Welcome to HR Visionaries, where we unlock the secrets of modern HR. I'm Benjamin, your host. Join us as we shed light on today's HR universe with HR leaders and innovators from across the globe. Whether you're an HR pro, a business leader, or just curious about the future of work, this is your shortcut to the forefront of HR innovation. Brought to you by Hire, the AI talent attraction platform. Welcome to our new podcast episode, and we have a very special guest today, uh, Debbie. Uh, Debbie, it's great you take the time to talk to us. Thanks for uh, for reaching out. I'm very happy to uh, to join you. Um, do, would you uh, like to hear a little bit about me? I would love to hear a bit about you. Who are you, Debbie? Sure. So, um, again, Debbie Kemp. I have. Um, um, I've passion for uh for human capital for quite a few years and and you know we'll share more of that in a little bit um just a little bit about me i i grew up from um can't i grew up in kansas city so i'm from the midwest of the united states and i have um mo i moved to new york uh not too long after graduating from college and i really in theory have never left um i love working i love living in this area and It enables me to have, from a career perspective, lots of opportunities, and um, which is, you know, both globally um, and domestically, and also enables me to travel, um, uh, you know, as well. Um, one other kind of fun tidbit is I am also a small business owner um, now, and so it's really fun to um, to have a, you know, another, um, maybe another ball to juggle, as well as what I call my, you know, my day job, which is my time in working focused on people. Um, tell me, why did you join the HR space in the first place? Really great question. I, um, I think I, I fell into it is probably the best way. Um, and, and it, I hope it you started... landed softly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I did land softly. Um, I was, you know, I'll just, I was in, the, in a subway back and forth commuting. I was um, helping um, someone at, uh, someone I had met was working on a project at Goldman and um, needed some, you know, um, some assistance. And so I started helping him on it. Anyway, we, long story short, another individual was on the subway back and forth and, um, And he needed some assistance. He was taking on a new role at Goldman and um, wanted some help in uh, building out the function. And so knew that I was very uh, project-based, efficient with my time, what have you, and said, would you join? And I laughed because I've never really done any recruiting or any building of any function. And that was really my foray into HR. Okay, that, that sounds like a story that's hard to believe, but I, I definitely trust you. It's true. It's definitely true. Um, that was really my first role at Goldman on, as a full-time employee was um, helping um, helping Dick Roll and Scott Pincus build out the mortgage research function. So it really was, I, I was interviewing PhD candidates and my question to them was, how do I know a good PhD candidate from another, you know, like, you know, to be part of this research team and they just said, you'll know. And so that's how I started campus recruiting I think I did a good job. Many of these individuals now have gone on to run their own hedge funds. So there was something 
they saw something in me that um, I think gave me um, confidence to then build out. And I'll, you know, I can tell you more later on kind of the opportunities that I had at Goldman to really focus on HR and people. Uh, okay, and you need to tell me more about the, uh, well, about how, how did you end up in New York in the first place? So that was, <laughs> that, um, I was skiing in Utah and met a guy and that uh, he had recently moved to, um, he was in New York, he was moving from Merrill Lynch to Goldman. This is actually the guy that introduced me to Goldman Sachs and this project that we were working on had to do with um, uh, technology. Um, we were going from the big uh, Cray computers, you know, the big computers to desktop computers and they needed to put in a local area network. And so funny enough, I. I have arms and legs and I can figure this out. I can crawl under a desk and connect things. And so um, I helped them build out the land, both at Goldman, Bankers Trust and, and Merrill Lynch um, as a consultant originally. And so that, you know, one thing led to another and that's how I ended up in New York. And then that's really how I ended up full-time at Goldman was that, um, that experience. So, so you just never know where, um, where you, you know, by taking those opportunities where you, what they might lead to. Uh, sounds like a, a super interesting <laughs> life you've had. So it's it's uh, absolutely amazing. And well, we, we talked uh, before about like uh, areas where we have potentially already met in, in the past in lower Manhattan. Obviously, you were working at, at, at Goldman, uh, me working for Deutsche Bank. Then, um, uh, and, and you just mentioned Bankers Trust, mm -hmm. so which we, I think, acquired in 1999, right? So it's like a, um, a, a really long story already, or pretty long career you're already having in New York. I have, I mean, it's been great, you know, again, you know, just briefly at, you know, Goldman, I was there 20 years. And I think that what, what I learned there, you know, it has enabled me to continue to grow my career. And that was that, again, you have to be open to new challenges and new opportunities. And I think that that's what um, Goldman gave me, or I, you know, I learned at Goldman was whether, you know, I was getting tapped on the shoulder to, hey, we need some help here, or I'd raise my hand and say, I'm interested in, you know, I was in multiple divisions. Um, one was we actually created a new division out of fixed income called investment management. Um, and there we created GS.com. So I was, you know, recruiting, building um, these functions, you know, and I can just, you know, when I think about What I've done from a people perspective is at investment management, we created our own diversity initiatives, which then went global. You know, there were things that we started to do in how we communicate and town halls and, you know, really building engagement. Um, we were able to do within this one division that then we actually took global at Goldman. And, and I think that that's just um, that doesn't always happen. But I think that, again, the um, the culture at Goldman enabled that and, and really provided that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I just, yeah, a lot, a lot of time there, but I think um, really good. The one other piece of experience that I gained there was in mergers and acquisitions. Um, and I think something that, you know, we've talked about at one point was, you know, that's really, I think my superpower is an M&A and it's really ensuring that employees that are part of that integration or that acquisition are integrated and engaged because, you know, um, 
they're not always successful. I think the ones that I've worked on have been very successful um, because I've taken the time to work with the team and ensure that we're communicating in a way that employees feel like they have everything that they need in this new work. Uh, well, talking about Goldman, it, it's obviously a name that is, well, it is so much mystification around uh, around Goldman. How, uh, how were your first days at, at Goldman back then? A blast. It was really fun. I did not know what gold. <laughs> Growing up in Kansas City, um, Goldman wasn't a you know a household name. Merrill Lynch was because they had a retail piece, right, or financial advising piece at that point in time, but not Goldman. So I didn't really know what to expect. Um, and I think coming in as a non-traditional hire um, also made that a unique experience. I had met. Um, many of the partners who, you know, you may know today and um, in a way that was that it was just, you know, day job, right? They had a job to do and I had a job to do. And so it was, you know, I, you know, I learned how to talk to a trader in three seconds and get what I needed out of it, you know, like tell them what I needed and get the answer back and move on. And so I think part of that became a pace um, issue, which was, it was an issue, I'd say it was fun, right? So it really was very engaging. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I know people may say I still, I drank that Kool-Aid. I did. I had a really, really great experience there and am a big fan, um, because of, because of what we were able to do. Um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of freedom. It's all about the team. Um, you talk, talked about values um, at, at, at Goldman and how you also influence those values, like with, with uh, initiatives. Um, how did you how did you start those initiatives back then? Oh, um, I, I think it was just identifying a need. So with diversity, I mean, again, I, you know, dates me a bit, but I say back there we did we didn't we didn't think about. Um, diversity as we have over the years mm -hmm. from there. I think what we were interested in is how do we learn to celebrate? How do we start celebrating um, the, and I've used this before, but our differences. Mm -hmm. So it's one is acknowledging that someone may have a different, you know, a, a, a different holiday. I mean, I, I think about the Indian, because I've been now in a very, you know, Indian-based founder-led company, Diwali is really important, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's an important holiday. So when I was at Goldman, it was looking at the cultures of our employees and how do we start creating different months, right? And celebration and really creating um, events that were focused on educating and enrolling our employees in those um, in those differences, you know, and kind of knowing. So that's how, I mean, again, that's how I approached it. I still spend time approaching it in that way. And it's looking at, um, looking at the employees wherever or whatever the organization I'm in and how do we connect them even globally, right? So back then we had employees, you know, in EMEA or in APAC and how do we, you know, again, help us all feel together. Um, and, so that was diversity. I mean, there's lots of other ones we did, but yeah. And, and I think, I think it's um, nowadays great that it, more and more companies um, identify diversity as a real strength, right? It's, um, well, diversity of ideas, diversity of backgrounds, so that yeah. it, it helps so much in, 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 in not having the same ideas over and over again, but to like have 
people from different backgrounds from uh, you just mentioned Diwali so uh, having also different uh, yeah dif different DNA now yep. getting in. yeah and it and you brought up the differences in thoughts I think that's something that you know like when I was at Velocity and it was more tech focused it really you know, we couldn't recruit from exactly the same schools that we'd always recruited to from or hire, you know, again, exactly the same because we wouldn't have gotten the innovative um, thoughts or, or product development that we needed to have. And so, you know, I think it, it becomes how do you source, you know, part of it is sourcing talent, um, you know, differently or in, adi in additional, right? So I feel like there's multiple um, multiple ways to source and campus recruiting is one, right? And there's, we did a lot of that at Goldman and, and organically grew our talent, um, but introducing additional sourcing there or strategies is really important because that brings in the, um, <laughs> I think a very diverse workforce, you know, and again, cause there's diversity has got, you know, many, um, there's many components in it to it. And, um, and so, you know, I mean, something more recently that we've done and, and is um, I work with, you know, organizations um, that are nonprofit organizations within the cities that we have offices. So currently we're primarily based in New York, um, but I've had, you know, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, New York, right, where, again, working with um colleges that maybe first generation mm -hmm. students are coming from um, and non-for-profits like Streetwise that is that are working with individuals who are going back to school and looking for that first professional opportunity. Um, those are also, um, again, from I think from a sourcing an opportunity to bring in talent mm -hmm. that we may not have seen um, on LinkedIn or, you know, from a friend, right, through those referrals um, as well. And it just, I think we end up bringing in, you know, again, more diverse thought experience um, to the table. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm very proud here at, um, at Biz to Credit. We've got 20, you know, we currently have around 150 employees in the New York City office or location. And um, they come from 20 different cultural backgrounds um, and have gone to many, you know, again, many different types of, you know, schools and have come in. Um, one more recently came in through one of those programs. So, I, again, I think it's it's not hard. It just you have to think differently. And um, and then it just becomes part of the DNA. And we just don't we don't actually I don't really have a diversity like a big diversity plan. It's more like the strategy on a page of the things we've talked about that we just do. Um, how do you deal with challenges in, in in that diversity zone? Not in terms of okay, uh, there are different groups that hate each other. Obviously, that's not what I mean, but more like okay, people from like as you said, first generation university. Um, for well, I, I remember when 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 I entered entered uh, my first job, then there were just many things I didn't know because. I didn't know who to ask, right? And and therefore, th there may be some challenges that are also from uh, from from the outside perspective, not not really there, but but bother those who are in that situation greatly. Yeah. So I think 
our onboarding, I think onboarding is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and there'll be the basic onboarding um, that we'll do with our employees, you know, which is benefits and all of that kind of thing, no matter mm-hmm. where. Um, but what we also do is with our early and part of it's our early career, or we'll look at the, you know, the background of somebody and ensure that we're um, we're big on LinkedIn learning and Coursera and some other, you know, um, tools there, but we'll also do some on-site um, lunch and learns. Um, you know, again, I think um, part of that is how do, how do we communicate? You know, how do we write an email and some things to think about um, and and active listening. So we we do that not in a so much of a programmatic way, but we look at what what we've got talent wise and what are some of the needs and and hold you know kind of hold those type of sessions as part of whether it's onboarding or you know lunch and learns throughout the year. Um, another program that we're actually bench or kind of you know piloting right now is early career. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with our early career and early career is, you know, maybe they've, you know, individuals that are uh, maybe two years, one to two years into their career, um, maybe up to four. Um, and they're taking, they're participating as a group in um, how to focus on their career and how to think about their career and how to think about their performance and how to think about how to have a conversation with their manager. Again, some of it are things that I may have grown up with um, at Goldman that I just learned because of the type of organization that I belong to a bit larger. Um, But what I'm seeing um, in smaller organizations is the need to be a bit more, again, this may be a bit more programmatic and and teaching, um, enrolling, educating um, our early early career professionals in that. And then the other part of that is they're getting some coaching. Um, so it's a six month program. I'll tell you more. <laughs> We're just, you know, kind of a few months into it to see how that goes. But I am excited and optimistic um, that it, that'll be something that, you know, we'll be able to continue here as well as take out elsewhere. Okay, tell me more about the program, please. <laughs> <laughs> I will. It's really, you know, I, I again, I think that um, there, you know, the, the, there's an independent, just briefly real quickly on it. There's a, there's a um, independent study component. There's a group study um, chat They're in um, it has, they have to be active. They can't be working and um, doing something on the side, you know, because it's, they're, they're put into, um, into rooms to, to work through issues or challenges or scenarios. And then, um, then there's the coaching piece of it. So again, it's kind of a multi-dimensional learning experience, and um, and yeah, I will tell you more later. And it is super exciting, and um, well, um, what would uh, fascinate me when we when we first talk was like that you, you guys approach well winning over talents in a very holistic way in, in terms of like hey. Of, of course, you have those traditional ways, but it's also about exploring the exploring those those ways that are not that common and and, and then therefore enabling people to to be the best they can every day yeah you know and one thing i was actually meeting with um one of the um one of the individuals that work with that works with me it focuses on um our engagement our learning and development is looking at how we're thinking about performance management going into mm-hmm. this next kind of the end of the year right and um 
I, I think I have typically been a bit more traditional in my thought process and, and how this should work. And I'll just say more structured. Um, but what I shared with Chris yesterday was what if, you know, how, what would it look like? And if we had the employees just focus on, you know, one of our DNA, you know, one of our, you know, our principles and, you know, where they had contributed this year um, with our customers and internally, because I think that, you know, it starts to get into that. Um, and then also, you know, what they've, you know, because that's, again, is their contribution and their impact to the organization, and it gives them a space to talk. And then from a manager, I mean, I think the other piece of that I'm a big fan of is, you know, what should you stop, start, and continue, or start, stop, continue? Um, and and that's it. So not have all these, you know, ratings, rankings, um, because I, what I'm really looking for, and I think our organization would benefit from, is that development, you know, and are they on a track? And do the employees feel like they're valued? And are they really focused on outcomes? And what does that look like to them? And I think then it gives a very a more enriched conversation, manager, employee, um, when they're meeting, then all this other stuff. So I just, I'm not kind of throwing that out and just thinking about what would, how can we do it differently to have a different experience and a different outcome? Um, you know, again, I'll let you know how that goes, but I, I think that um, when I think about the people function and how um, I can ensure that I'm moving, you know, we're growing because I think that's something that um, I always view important. I like organizations or I join organizations that are in that growth mode is how can we ensure that growth in a, in a way that are, we're going to retain people. We're just not going to chew through them because roles are changing, um, but we're going to enable them. Right. And, and again, if it's not the right org, they can leave, you know, they can, they can move out, but um, create that environment where they can actually be successful and, 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 enable that growth quicker. Uh, well, you, you, you just mentioned, okay, well, you, you guys focus a lot on outcome, uh, on enablement. Um, so, so how did you, did you, how, how did you come up with, uh, with, with the structure that works for a, for a company? So you have a background in a multinational company um, and now you're working in, in a FinTech environment. Um, where you mustn't overthink stuff, but on the other hand, there needs to be a structured process, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a, I think there's a balance, right? There's kind of a scale to it. Um, I think that I'm fortunate to, when I join organizations, I take, and, and I will say I take time, but I don't take like a long period of time, but I go into an organization and I'm always looking at what are they currently doing, right? And and how are you know what what are they what are the processes they already have in place not just in HR but organizationally right do look at all the the leadership look at all of that and then come up with again I'll have a I I usually do a um, what I call a SWOT on a page right just a SWOT analysis um, and then create this okay here are some things that I think are important that we can change change right change um, here's some things that you know um, eventually. Um, we may want to think about. And I think, you know, putting that in front of a leadership, founders, you know, board, you know, just depends on where I am at the time. Um, 
I think enables everyone to think about what's important to the organization and what is what you know what do they want to look like I think all cultures aspirational I don't I don't think I've been anywhere where it's like set in stone right and it's just working well um, but it gives you it gives you that if I was an artist right it gives you that um, that <laughs> the white space to create that organ to put those into practices. And I think um, there's always some structure. You know, I remember at Velocity, we were putting in performance management and the CEO there was like, well, I want to do rate and rank. Okay, we've never done performance management, but okay, so let's do something, you know, very basic. And then we got, you know, the managers in a room and we we actually, um, we had them rank their kind of their, their team. And then we had other people, you know, kind of, provide input. And, you know, the first time we did that, the first quarter we did that, it was a very long, long day. It was really very painful because nobody knew what it meant and how to do it. And then after that, what we found is it really enabled us. And again, that was very structured. Mm -hmm. Every quarter after that, it became shorter and shorter because we were focusing then on the collaboration between the teams. And if you were in the top 25, you know, that was really, it was, um, it was great. It, it led to more of a, you know, a kicker on a bonus. You had more opportunities and um, it was because that became our rising stars in theory, right? But it started and it was very structured. And I have to say, I was not, you know, I was like, oh, wow, I'm not sure, right? From a people perspective, how successful we'll be, but we were very successful. I haven't necessarily implemented rate and rank anywhere else, but it worked for that work. Right. And that culture and the leadership of that, of, you know, of that company. And so I think in my mind, I've got to be pretty agile in um, how I, again, help organizations. And I feel like that's what I am. I'm really that enabler of, of, of the growth that they're looking for. How do we get there in a way that that organization can absorb it and, and take it to the next level? And it isn't always the same. Um, isn't, isn't always the same. It's, it's, it's a good point you make. And uh, well, since you've worked for so many different organizations, you have worked for so many, uh, well, in, in so many different sectors, uh, so many different locations. So what is kind of a constant thing that it guides you? I'm always listening. I think that active listening has been critical and processing. I, I, I write every, I write everything down. I've tried, you know, on an iPad, I've tried, you know, I've tried lots of different methods, but what I found is listening and then taking notes. And so for me, that's been my constant because then I can go back to my toolkit and think about how do we want to, like what's important? So do we have a lot of early career people or do we have, I've run some you know, basic management training sessions. I call them management 101 um, because I also find that's pretty runs through every org. <laughs> Just as, as much as we wanna believe we're all you know, great managers. Um, I think that's a constant is just making sure managers are trained. They understand their role and responsibility with employees make sure employees understand what their role and responsibilities are. Um, I'd say another is just, um, I don't like surprises. 
I'm still always surprised, but I'm not a fan of like performance surprises. Um, and so that's where I spend, again, I think a constant is working through, are we clear about what someone, what we're hiring someone to do? And that starts back at the, you know, very basic job description, the interview process, the onboarding process. And, um, and yeah, you're going to have a few oopses, but all of that, the more consistent you are, the more successful you are at retaining your talent because you're clear from the interview process through that life cycle. Um, and I think that that's, you know, again, we haven't really talked too much about that, but I think all of those pieces are really important. And uh, you mentioned before that uh, those interviews at, at Goldman with like uh, rocket scientists, PhD yeah. <laughs> were, were pretty, uh, pretty fascinating. Um, so um, can tell us more about this. Yeah, you know, I think the one, you know, I do think culture fits important. I think that you may, you know, you may have spoken with other, you know, individuals that are focused on the people field and they're like, oh no, we don't really focus on culture. I, 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 I still hold dear culture. I think a fit is a fit and someone may have the right skills but may not fit into the organization. And I, we just can't hire them because they'll just, it'll be disruptive. And unless I'm wanting that disruption, which again, we may be, right? Looking for disruption um won't go that that way and i think what i learned at goldman in interviewing those phd candidates was how are they going to fit in with what we're trying to build it was clear to me what we were going to build i really was pretty young and um as a i wasn't really a culture carrier at that point in time at, Go at goldman so i didn't really know the culture as much but i knew what we were looking to build and what we were looking to achieve and the outcomes we we're looking for and would these, you know, candidates be able to fit into that? And, um, and you know, you have to make those decisions and go with it. And so I think that's the other thing is just, you know, I go with my gut. I do, you know, I do. <laughs> uh, how can, can I develop those, those guts? Oh, man. I think that you have to have the confidence to, to know that you're going to make a few mistakes. Mm -hmm. Right. And and um, and you learn by, again, I'll say active listening by observing and listening um, to, um, you know, peers, leaders, um, even others, you know, in the network that that um, of their experiences to ensure that I'm getting, you know, I think that someone is getting that, you know, th that sense it's almost, you know, maybe we call it a sixth sense, right? That it's, you know, how do you really know? And I just, I think that's how I know. I, I feel not cocky about it. I just think it's now who that is, that's what I do. Um, I feel good about um, that intuition that I have on people. I will check it, right? You know, kind of, you know, I'm always, you know, kind of checking that from time to, you know, from time to time, but um, I do think that you have to, you know, the other piece of it, I think you really have to have a good business sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whatever business um, I've been a part of, I do take time, again, to learn about the industry, to learn about the company. How do we make our money? I don't play in my, just my swim lane. Um, I, I think that 
that has enabled me again, I'll just go back to my, you know, growing up in Goldman days. I think that I was um, a member of the team. It didn't matter what function, you know, what division I was sitting in, whether I was in HR or I was in investment management or fixed income, I was a member of the team. Um, and, um, and I think that the more I took time to understand what a trader was trading, you know, one of my initiatives had nothing to do with people. It was a PL. I helped put together PL for the traders. Um, I was really more focused on finance, right? In that sense. And how do you do that? And, um, and so I think by learning that, then I was able to, okay, what makes a good trader? What makes a good sales? What makes a good research professional? Um, because I understood what they were doing. So like not being just a business partner, but being a real business guy. Yeah, I would say that's that's a good, I, and I coach, I do spend time even today coaching, right? Just helping move people through their moments, right? Their roles or some little issue. It's just, it, it, it it's an art. Mm -hmm. as well as the science. Uh, how do you picture HR talent acquisition in particular in, in 10 years? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a very tough question. I am. That's a tough, you know, I, I, I think, I think it will be different. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not, you know, like, I don't think it will be as, AI magic, um, as mm, sometimes I hear, mm -hmm. I guess, um, I think that there's still going to be a people piece to it. Yeah. I do think that, you know, the resumes will not be, I think they're becoming less and less important. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there's other ways of finding out about people than just obviously than just the resume. Um, And, but I do think it's going to be very out, outcome. Like, what have you, you know, how do you, how do you, how do, again, it'll be focused on how do people work and how do they engage and are they driven and are they learners? You know, there's things that I think about that are important to me that I think that will kind of change. Um, you know, I'm sure LinkedIn wants to hear they're still going to be going to LinkedIn, right? Um, but I don't, I just, I don't think it's going to be, I definitely don't think it's going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I um, well, from from an HR AI tech perspective, uh, I, I I do do totally agree with you. I think the um the component on is is there a is there is there is there a cultural fit? Is there a, a personal fit? Is that incredibly important? I think um, what what is uh, perhaps good at AI and then what can be very well done with AI is probably everything prior to the interview. So like um, staying in touch, um, I think their AI can help a lot. So like, uh, um, well, getting getting rid of manual work that doesn't contribute like too much in the, in the entire process. Yep, and I, but I also think that from a, when I think about a, from a sourcing perspective, I do think that I, AI will enable profiles to be seen differently. Exactly. I do think that, you know, again, it may be scary, but you'll get a sense of the whole person, not just what they put on paper, right? And so I think that's the piece that is actually very exciting. 
because I think we've missed that. You know, I think, you know, some one component of talent acquisition that I think we're getting that gets missed and something I focused on a lot when I was at Avaya was um, internal mobility. Right. And I think that we often we do hire for the role that's right in front of us. Right. And we don't really think about if we're looking for some other role, we don't think about what do we already have in our talent pool that they actually may also be great at that. Right. And so how do we, you know, work through that internally, which I think is really important in every organization, um, but also how do we gather that? right, as part of AI so that we're putting those type of candidates in front of an organization, you know, or the talent acquisition team and, and which is that whole person, right? And, and I think that that, um, well, that, that also like uh, so many things you have said basically culminated into this, right? So like, um, hey, how can technology help to discover those people whose talents are, are hidden because they don't know how to sell their talents, right? So, which is nowadays, I think, uh, terrible injustice that there are some people uh, very well taught how to present skills they have while others can't, right? Yeah, and it's just, un, it's it kind of, they're at a disadvantage, mm -hmm. right? So how do we, I saw a resume today, someone forwarded to me and, you know, an individual that's graduating, a resume that I'm like, I don't know what this is really saying. And I I mean, instead of like, am I going to hire or not hire or interview or not interview? I actually want to call this person and say, do you want me to some help with your resume? Right? Because it's it, it's not showing, I don't even know this person, who they are. Mm -hmm. And any this person may just be disadvantaged in that. Like they, nobody, mm -hmm. that's not something they picked up at school. I, I'm not, you know, I don't know how to, those are things that I think we do want to solve for from a talent pool perspective, because to me, that's showing the advantage, disadvantage. Uh, absolutely. And it doesn't uh, have to do with school. I just think it, something's missing. Um, and I do think that COVID played a role in that because I do think that some um, were missing, some of the students coming out of school are missing some of those experiences. Um, and we'll have to figure we, maybe AI can help us do that, figure out how to give them that, you know, kind of give them that uh, more equal footing. Um, well, what, what has been um, your single most amazing situation in in your career uh, as a talent acquisition HR professional? Or most exciting, so something that, that you look back to, uh, well, very favorably. I, you know, I... I love, yeah, I mean, it's, I have to tell you, I love my experience at Bankrate, and I'll tell you why. I think one of the, we were able, um, it was new CEO, company had been around 30 years. I had actually, you know, worked with Bankrate or worked, the mortgage rate sheets were actually pieces of paper when I was at Goldman. So I knew who the company was. Anyway, they were going through a change or needed to go through a change. Um, and so they brought in a new CEO and Ken was just amazing. And so we looked at our three businesses and um, acquired um, some businesses and then um, divested of one. But what made that and what I'm most proud about is within the bank, one of the core companies, bankrate.com, we actually <laughs> switched out probably more than 50% of the employees while increasing revenue and we didn't there wasn't we didn't we didn't stop a beat i mean there was no and we didn't 
we we some of the change was we hired in new, but the focus was to become more digital, a digitally mm -hmm. enabled company. And some of that was we didn't need as much content, focus on content. So we did some some was employee based, right? Some it was, you know, some people um weren't gonna get us, you know, make out us here, but they weren't gonna get us there. Um, so some of that was changed, hiring in new, and we really did change it around within 18 months. And so I am extremely proud of that because the wheels, you know, the wheels did not come off or the, the you know, the, the wings on the plane did not, you know, did not let us go down. Um, and, and that's not easy to do. Um, and we were publicly held, there had been, you know, many challenges and we just, we drove through and it was, I have to say, it was fun. You know, everyone came in really excited about the change. And again, for change management, talent acquisition, um, it really was um, amazing. And I'd say that team, not just the HR team, but the, the team is still, we still email each other, they get together. I mean, it's, it tells that it, we really built that mm -hmm. culture and built a really amazing company and we sold it. <laughs> it's all yeah, good. Debbie, thank you so much for your, all your insights. It was a great pleasure talking to you. A great pleasure learning about what, what you have done, um, how successful HR organizations can be built up. Um, thanks a lot. It was a great pleasure. You're welcome. My honor. I really, uh, it was it was fun to talk about um, some of the opportunities I've had. And and all you guys, thanks for listening in. Um, looking forward to our next episode. Bye bye. Oh,